I'm John Perry. I'm Ted Cupper. And this is Constellation, making the graphic novel. Join us as we build an original science fiction world. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Constellation podcast. Ted, how are you? I am okay. How are you doing, John? I am good. And today we are doing a novel world pitch session, um, which was the concept that we were going to, you know, come up with some of the weirder art worlds that we're going to need. We're going to need these because uh, our main character is both a creator and a purveyor of these kinds of worlds, as is the club he wants to get into. Um, So we're going to need some examples in our story, and uh, we're going to try to stretch our brains today and and brainstorm a little bit on um, some concepts. Uh, And we both prepared for this, but I know we prepared a little bit differently. Um, So I'll I'll say what I did, and Ted, you can kind of explain how yours method might have been a little different okay sure um so i just actually just wrote down a bunch of ideas for what might be interesting worlds in the constellation um it's sort of a first pass i you know it's very hard to put yourself in the mind space of people that have been living in a constellation environment uh for you know 50 to 100 years and what kind of art they would make but i don't know i made a stab at it and i also I plagiarized some of my own old ideas and and even some of the ideas that you Ted and I have had together. Um, but but how how did you prepare, Ted? Yeah, so I definitely took a different tact, and uh, I honestly can see the the benefits of doing it the way you did it. But I was staring at the blank sheet of paper, and as sometimes happens uh, when you're doing that, I found it was it was just all ba- too big for me to like get my head in there. So I started to build this like sort of. Uh, analytical framework for how to generate these things and i'm gonna try to sort of reference it as we go rather than try to explain that all to you now because i don't think it would be interesting honestly um but i just thought of some dimensions along which novelty might be explored and then i tried to break them down into categories and just think about well you know what kinds of novelty could you uh explore in this place or in that uh place Um, but one thing that I do want to just discuss quickly before we jump into ideas is just like, what exactly is it that we are trying to generate ideas for? Because there's lots of worlds in the constellation. The world is like the organizing principle. It's like a site on the internet or a, you know, something like that. So, um, there are kinds of worlds that we're excluding from what we're talking about. Right. And, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, here, here are the quick limits that I thought of. And then you can tell me if there's any that you think are wrong or that we should change. But, um, one, that it's not just passive, like to some extent there is some living through it that happens. So I would imagine there'd be lots of just passive movie worlds um, that would exist that where something that is either recorded or programmed into AI or even enacted by actors um, is just sort of like passively experienced by you, an audience member. Um, I think that's totally fine. I think that's something that would exist in the world. I would probably be personally interested in it, but uh, I didn't. I think it doesn't count for a novel world in the way that the club people, for example, or the art scene people think of it. Uh, I agree. So there should be some embodiment, uh, some like kind of living through it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. wh- whether that's, you know, whether you're just in a body that's tied to a chair or something, but something, um, second, it's not like a full religion or society that you would spend potentially eternity in. Right. So we have some worlds that are literally just, you know, all encompassing worlds. You never leave them. You spend hundreds of years in them. Um, that's not what we're talking about either. I mean, there might be really strange ones of those in the constellation, but I wouldn't consider that a novel world because these are things that, by definition, the people who go to them are going to many of them. 
Yeah, so I think there can be some very experimental ones that push the boundaries of length. Yes, uh, I agree. That people will tolerate, but that's not the norm, really. And Uh, whatever the length is, it's still less than eternity, right? Even like a really long one would be whatever, a hundred years or a thousand years, but it'd be less than, you know, forever. Um, And then the next thing I had is like. so of course many of these are going to have game mechanics and be games like by by the definition of games that we'd used earlier um but there are going to be many game worlds that are meant to be a long-term pastime the equivalent of football or Fortnite or something today um people are meant to play them um like lifestyle games. Lifestyle games. P- people are meant to play them throughout their lives, either popping in and out of the world for gameplay or straight up living in the world full time, if that's their thing. And I'm, again, not thinking about that. I think there would be game mechanics. There would be some games in the novel worlds, but they would not be lifestyle games meant to be long-term pastimes. They would be games that are more equivalent to like mini games or games where the learning of the game is the primary interest in the game rather than it being like a long-term skill building status building sort of thing uh, yeah do you agree with that? Uh, because i mean that's that was something i was not totally sure about but my feeling is while there will be games among the art worlds there wouldn't be like a Fortnite or something or you know that would be that would be a different type of thing well okay so i uh, I think there might be things that are, and I didn't actually come up with a lot of these, uh, but there there might be some that are like systemic games, like that you that you know you could play forever. But I don't think, yeah, there. I guess I want to make a distinction between like like a lifestyle game. You know, for some people, like poker is a lifestyle game, and certainly for some people, a game like Fortnite could be a lifestyle game. It's like you know, it's a game that that that's for some people like they have one game that that's like the only game they play, right? And they play it daily or weekly you right know, chess right. is a famous right. lifestyle game right um so yeah I, I don't think like things that are that are designed to be that like level of like commitment um are really what what we're going for right um, it's the familiarity but, that specifically feels not like like it's at, at odds with the novelty aspect right it's that if you're going to commit to a game over a long period of time build skills over a long period of time like playing chess or something um, that inherently isn't novel, <laughs> I think, right? Well, and it's like it, it starts to feel like you're part of a living, breathing community now, um, and it just starts to feel less like a singular art piece, right? That I mean, too. generally, those things, those kinds of games become, over time, become like institutions. I mean, it takes right. a lot of people to maintain them, and there's you know, there's meta discussion around them of strategy and there's sometimes leagues and sports like structures and awards. It's just, it's a whole package of things, exactly. right? And it's just like, exactly. that's not, that's, that's going to be super exist in, in the constellation, but that's not really what we're talking about. Exactly. Exactly my point. Right. Okay. So then the next one is, it's not a utility or a firm. We discussed this before, but just to make it clear, it's not a business. It's not money world. It's not, um, it's not something that's meant to be an open utility of any kind, um, so it's just, you know, it's art in the sense that it doesn't have like a purpose. Um, its purpose is entertainment or stimulation or something like that. And then this, this one, I'm not sure about either. So you tell me if this one's wrong, but I think also it should, I, I think we should make a distinction within our story, um, between tourism to a lived in world that is novel to the tourist 
mm-hmm. and worlds that exist only as art that do not involve tourism to a lived-in world, right? So I think, mm-hmm. so you're you're living a world, and I'm not saying no one lives in the world, but, you know, there are going to be worlds, whole big worlds that are really strange. Like, I mean, uh, just a simple example is like, if you're a Western person like I am, you know, there's going to be a world started by, you know, exclusively people from Hong Kong that just has like a completely different cultural starting point than any world that I've been to. And that is, you know, maybe it's been on its own for 50 years and I haven't interacted with it, it and it hasn't interacted with any worlds I've interacted with. And then if I go to that world, you know, I'm going to have a, a massive tourism, you know, uh, interest in that world because there's gonna be all kinds of just like interesting differences between that world and what I know. Um, because they started somewhere different and then they had all this time to like spin off in their own direction. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's, and I think, you know, uh, Uh, there's parts of our story where somebody might want a tip to a world like that, right? Somebody who's like obsessed with novelty might want to get all the tips to far flung lived in worlds so that they can go check them out and be a tourist there. But I don't think that's what our main character's job is. He's not like, that might be something that is valuable to the club people, I think perhaps, but, and maybe this is a distinction we want to make at some point. Like, maybe the tip part of the uh of the challenge is more about finding one of these worlds rather than f- you know finding a pure art world or something i think i yeah i i we've kind of touched on this before and i agree with everything you said i think that for the club the it's it's a broader palette so i that's my feeling is that they would accept uh like there's a spot you can be a tourist right and I think they would also accept, like, here's an art world we didn't know about. Those would both be good tips to the club. Obviously, our main character making stuff, you can't make a tourist destination exactly. I mean, you Well, you can, but that could, becomes like but, a meta-meta task that feels, like, so complex to... to yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I want to set that basically. aside, because, yeah. yes, that, there, I think yes we you both technically don't could do that. Do yeah, that, yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but that's not what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, but, um, so, you know, they're making more of these, like, designed art worlds and that's probably mostly what they're experiencing i do think like if you're our main character when you're trying to farm ideas you may like play tourists to strange worlds because maybe there's something oh yeah that you can steal from them um so tourism is definitely a real thing and it happens i just i guess i was differentiating in in my mind between uh, doing tourism to a lived-in world, I guess the thought experiment is more like um, imagining alien worlds in, uh, you know, uh, Star Trek or Cowboy Bebop or something, um, mm-hmm. r- because it's more about, like, what weird culture exists. So, like, you know, you maybe you pick a starting point and then you pick, like, a cultural history and you kind of decide oh this is where this what this crazy world does like every one of our religions home world would be like an example of this exactly as would the like big metropolitan world that we discussed that's like sort of like a big city you know um those would be those would be these kinds of worlds and of course there'd be many far-flung you know uh attempts to create stuff like that among every sort of subgenre of people. So, you know, that's an interesting thought experiment that we can do too, basically. But I didn't do that thought experiment yet. No, no, I didn't I didn't um, either. Like we, So I that wanted to just like set a- that aside for now and say at some point we may want to do that as well. But right now I want to think about like these art world worlds uh, and particularly the the forms of it that I 
sort of was thinking of, and maybe you have better words for this, John, but I was thinking um, there's some different forms that these things take. And one form it takes is like a mission, which is like first person and you're doing something. That's all I mean by that. You know, you have some kind of goal. Um, another form it could take is like a ride. Like that's more like you're on a track and the thing that's going to happen is going to happen and you can interact with it in some limited way. Um, and then another thing that it could take as a form is like a sandbox, right? Which is like, we talked about this with the, with the interactive systems. So that's more like a, a place where you don't have a goal and you can interact in lots of different unstructured ways. Um, and then the last form that it could take, I don't have a great word for this is it's like some sort of a team effort <laughs> where like, you know, you're, paired up with people either because you went with them or because the mm-hmm. the world is yeah, structured to, to to team you up in some way and then you're you you either have some kind of goal or um or whatever that is given to you um or you have to suss out the goal among the team you know and the the the, the dynamics of the team become the sort of you know primary axis of the of the of that kind of form Everything I thought of came in, was basically one of those four forms. Do you have other ideas for forms? Yeah, I think all my stuff fits uh, nicely into that framework. In okay, some so way. let's roughly use that as a sort of descriptive framework. So let's get into your first world. What do you want to start with? Uh, sure. Um, well, let's start with like a simpler one. Okay. Uh, I imagine this would be like a short uh, experience. Um, and I, I wanted to do something that would... Uh, use the um, the the you know the the there's the scan right that the exec has of right. of the pre transition world. So I thought you know well that's going to be I mean in, in some ways that's used for all the art because that's kind of where the objects get loaded from yeah. right in general yeah. for kit bashing. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to uh, like uh, like a maybe sort of a landmark art project that like used that in a sort of specific way for the first time. Okay. And what I was thinking is it's a labyrinth. Um, I don't have a lot of uh, two specifics on like what the labyrinth is. It might start like very plain, like sort of like those like like classic, you know, like like Greek labyrinth that you picture with like the high walls and stuff. Sure, you're wandering or hedges through. or something. Yeah. Um, and but it starts to get more surreal, and you start to encounter single objects or textures, and a lot of them are random, but some of them are take like taken from your own. So like what what it does is it. Fine. Like this is what's I think sort of clever and like like uh, uh, novel about this one for people is it when you enter this world it gets access uh, or somehow determines who you are and like where you were during the scan right uh-huh. so let let's say you're in your house a lot of people would have just been in their house sure um, so it starts pulling objects and textures from your house. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't tell you that it's doing that. So like there might be like you know just like a spatula that was in your kitchen that's just like lying at a dead end in this labyrinth. Uh-huh. And you may or may not like recognize it at that point, right? But like over time it's just like remixing more and more of these like elements from like your like sort of pre uh like constellation life um in more and more surreal ways until like, you know, you're sort of like lost in your own like past and it's sort of like that's that slowly dawns on you that that's what's happening. Um, and so for different people, obviously, that's like, you know, recalling the old time. And it's like, you know, it might be sort of a, an emotional experience, like for people. 
not mm-hmm. one that's easily repeatable. Like I feel like once this right. trick has been done, it probably is hard to hard to innovate on top of it. But I imagine right. like somebody would have figured this out pretty early on and it would have been sort of like uh you know, one of those like art pieces that's kind of a landmark, even if it maybe doesn't hold up anymore. But Right, because it integrated people's memories into um this like surreal landscape or something. Yeah, that's that sounds cool. Um I so <laughs> since my ideas are like at a at a level of abstraction, I think bo- above yours, I'm gonna try to spin one down. So Well, I can try to help you like if you give a prompt or category, maybe we can like Yeah, you know, maybe guide we can sort of yeah, yeah. S- sort of spin around. So um I was just thinking about different things that people would um try to iterate along and one sort of within the category of physical space, the large category of physical space, I was thinking about scale, right? So um, obviously we're stuck at um, human scale and we are fascinated generally with uh, macro and micro scales. Yeah. So um, I thought it would be interesting to have a world that is a macro world. So that's like a world where you're gigantic. So um, you know, you can run across mountain ranges, you can stomp through a giant river, uh, maybe you can uh, be different shapes, but where basically the the experiences of being giant, and then uh, the opposite, also interesting, micro worlds where you can be insect size or atomic size, which is something that'd be interesting, like, you know, you could, maybe somebody could hack the exec to get you down to such a small size that you can observe, um, you know, uh, things that are currently uh, unobservable uh, with human eyes um, down at a really small level. And then uh, I, I think, uh, oh, sorry. Well, I do have an idea in this genre. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I was sort of aiming toward one, but what's, what's the idea that's coming in your head? Well, I, I, I mean, if you want to finish first, no, 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 like, go ahead. Ex- go ahead. Well, okay. So, I mean, I told you I was like plagiarizing myself here. Uh-huh. So, uh, I am concurrently to doing this podcast and everything. I'm working on a video game. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, I know where you're going with this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, this will be one time I do a plug, I guess, but it's called UFO 50. It's not out, but you can wish list it on steam if you have that. But, um, it's a, it's a collection of games. One of the games in it, um, has this concept that I think would be kind of cool uh, as like a novel world in our story. Mm-hmm. Um, and the concept of that game is you're, you're a young girl, your, uh, your older sister locks you in a room, right? So she can throw a party because your parents are away. Mm-hmm. So you're stuck, you're stuck in this very, very small cluttered, uh, room, uh, and you, you can't get out. Um, but then she figures out how to, how to shrink down to say like the size of a bug. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden this room that was so small and cramped becomes this like much bigger play space where she you know, sort of can talk to insects and things. Mm-hmm. And then she figures out she can uh, shrink even smaller down to like a microbial level. Mm-hmm. And there's like civilizations down there and, and <laughs> whole worlds and characters and, and interesting things happening down there. Um, so that plays with the idea of scale. And I also liked it because I felt like for the artist making that and for the people experiencing that, that's kind of a metaphor for the constellation. Yeah. Like I'm stuck in the box, which is the room, right? right. And I'm trapped. And the goal of the game is to get out of the room, by the way. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, um, but like, even though it's a very small room and I'm trapped in it, it contains multitudes. Right. Uh, you know, it's kind of infinitely large once you can shrink. Um, and then it also sort of does this impossible thing, fantasy that 
of like shrinking down that you're talking about, which is like something you could do that would be interesting to people. Right. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I like the idea of it, you know, being structured like your game where you basically go into increasingly small worlds over uh, the, the time of it. Uh, I had also been thinking about uh, a way of maybe once macro and micro worlds are common, because, you know, part of what we're doing here is trying to play through like art movements as they move on. Uh, maybe somebody would combine those ideas into a kind of um, sorting or team uh, type form where uh, basically you choose when you go in or it sorts you when you go in between being giant and being tiny. And uh, if you are giant, then you have certain powers and uh, troubles. And if you are tiny, then you have like a different uh, strategy. But then you guys interact with each other uh, in these strange ways because, you know, uh, the giant breaks the tiny people's dam, but the tiny people infect the giant with a disease or something, you know, um, it, it's a little bit like, uh, you know, fraggle rock <laughs> or something, but you can be a fraggle or you can be the, the giant, you know, or the, yeah, you could do this fractal stuff. Yeah. yeah. It, uh, so I was thinking that, one, one thing that'd be interesting is maybe like a way of a world that ha operates at wildly different scales and that like which scale you're at drastically changes your, um, experience of the world. Well, that overlaps with uh, with what I'm was talking about. Although the your conception of it sounds more like a like a massively multiplayer game, um, right? Right. So it's almost like mine is like the single player mission, and yours is like the 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 team based one. Exactly. Um, they might even be you know part of a lineage, right? Like one was made first, and then uh you know the next one was inspired by it exactly um, yeah and i would think both of them would follow like some simple sandboxes where you just like are bug size or are giant you know and like that's it that's the whole thing but then that would get boring and then people would innovate over that right um but yeah i think that's right i think there could be different versions of that uh, um, I, I almost think there's a version of what you're talking about that could verge on being like one of those lifestyle games, right? Like that you could sure get really into if it's really like, you know, you know, team based or something, but I don't think it has to be. Or like in that one, it almost seems like you want to level up to different sizes, right? Like you start nano small and then like once you get a thousand points, you become, you know, microbial. Oh, I like that because that's like more of like a long term thing. Right. right. Um, that encourages you to come back over years or something, have an account, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like I like like having some some progression in like one direction. And maybe that's one of the things that makes these two ideas different because I'm talking about like you start big and like you're trapped and things are small and then you you realize that there's like more space than you thought possible in that one room as you get smaller. Right. But maybe maybe it's better to have a grindy one too where you're like you start as small as possible. And that just and means like that you through, can get crushed by like all the other players. Yeah, and through like very like <laughs> like strenuous efforts right. like you can slowly get bigger and like move up the ranks, right? Yeah. So you can see um, how these decisions really change the nature of the world. I mean, I think that's the sort of thing that's becoming apparent as we're talking about this is then um yeah these what the world is for is and at the end of the day the most important thing um okay so do you have an, you want to jump into another one or do you want to um or should i do another yeah one of sure these? okay yeah so uh you know we, we've several times used it as an example um you know what if you were like uh you know just uh like a 
a, a minor, you know, living a life of drudgery, trying to like care for his family and danger, sure. right? Right. Because you know that's unpleasant. Uh, so, but you know, people in the constellation maybe they, maybe they want to indulge in some unpleasantness now and then for the sake of art. Um, so I just sort of riffed on that, but I changed it to make it more surreal because I just had this vision in my head of like, like instead of mining in a cave, like you're like maybe like mining inside like a giant like sea creature or something. <laughs> yeah. Like I imagine like you have to do like a tour of duty where it's like, okay, so I signed this mining company, you know, which like is like, you know, extracting my labor, you know, it's the only way I can like afford to like support my family in this scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I sort of like sign this like nine month contract and like what happens in that nine month contract is like, I go into like a submarine and we like sail into this like giant, like whale things mouth. And then we're like inside there in in the darkness and we have to send out like, you know, satellite, like submarine probes to go like basically like mine inside this creature's body. Maybe it like generates some kind of like pearl type things or something. And it's like stomach. And then, you know, eventually you get like passed through it. But that's like a nine month process where right. you're like living in the dark in this like dangerous like environment. Um and I guess that plays with scale too, because it feels, I guess, a little bit like those like magic school bus things, like where you go through the human body. But it's like it's. Uh... Well, the giant fish is playing with scale, I guess. But yeah, I I like I like the giant fish because that it's strange, but it you know it has like a um, metaphoric similarity to a mine shaft. So that I like that aspect of it. I think that's really cool. I think this is uh, like for me, this was a whole category of things that I was calling commitment. So I was thinking like there's a whole like sort of commitment novelty like the where the novelty is the commitment not the thing. So like of course anybody could go and mine or even do like weird fish mining, you know, for a minute sort of like they could just create that on their own, but really what you're getting Or that could this, be a subsystem in a fun game that's just like you do it as much as you feel like. Right. But the but, but what's really cool about this is like you're committing to it. You are like being like all right, I'm going to spend 9 months like living this world or like the one that i had written down is you spend 70 years farming as an amish right like you just go to amish world you do an entire 70 year stretch you you basically do an entire human lifetime of like being a farmer and uh that commitment is itself like the kind of art (laughs) like (laughs) you know like asking you to do that and the uh, audaciousness of asking you to do that when your opportunity cost is so great. Um, but when your time horizon is also so long, uh, it, uh, it, um, that is what sort of carries the artistic meaning in it, uh, along with the, like, you know, whatever the collective experience of 70 years of farming or nine months of fish mining or whatever it is. Um, but I like that. I like the fish mining thing. I like the surrealness of that. Um, I mean, there could even be, you know, part written into the contract, um, you know, that you can't, you can't leave <clears throat> until the experience is over. Maybe there's guarantees that you'll be like safe and not full of pain, you know, right, right, right. Maybe excessively, right, but right. maybe it's low pain regeneration on, but no ejection. Um, because that's something you might agree to. Like, that's not so horrible. Worst case scenario, you're like low grade tortured for nine months. Right. So, uh, you know. And I guess I threw nine months at that. I mean, it's interesting. Like, I don't want to get too bogged down in like the questions of like exact time amounts, but like, um, well, I, I sort of just pressure to make month- the time amount longer over time. 
Yeah, yeah, because I threw nine months sake. out there as like a um, sort of in the fiction of it. Is it actually nine months in like uh, you know real time? Maybe okay. I think I think some stuff would be that long. I imagine it would be at least like nine days. Like I imagine this is a longer one uh, that you commit to in the sense that you're talking about. I guess I'm I'm a little unsure what. Right. You know, I, it is worth talking about. Like, what is the upper limit that most people will tolerate? Uh, if unless it's like, you know, an extraordinary experiment. Right? Yeah, I had some notes about this. So here are my two thoughts. One, I think there's two pressures on commitment. Right? There's a pressure for commitments to be short because people who value novelty want time to experience new novelty, and there's always new novelty out there for them to experience. Right? So there's that's the pressure for it to be short. I only want to do a short one because I want to do another one after. Um. But then there's also a pressure for commitment to get longer, like we just talked about, because first you do a week-long commitment, and then you've done that before, and now you want to try a month-long commitment, and then you've done that before, and now you're into trying nine months, and then you're into trying years and years or something. So uh, I think over time, um, the commitment pressure gets longer, and then you you mentioned this, but we haven't discussed it before, which I had a note on this too, which is like, is it possible to speed up or slow time within a world? So I think we've kind of decided, I think, or, or I've been operating on the assumption that the constellation operates on a standard clock rate that like you can't um, negotiate like the, you know, everybody else is sort of being uh, resolved at the same speed and therefore uh, experiencing time in the same way. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. but I guess within a world, you might be able to, you know, hack the exec to change that. And then what would happen is, you know, uh, it would seem like a long time to you, but when you got out, uh, less time would have passed if you had sped up time or the opposite, if you'd slowed it down within the world. So, I mean, that's something that we can deal with. It gets really complicated but it also i'm not sure how important it is because we don't have aging really so you know people aren't the normal way that that gets used in science fiction with like faster than light space travel or something is you know people get back and their children are old or they're you know stuff like that but yeah but i mean even if your children aren't don't look older they would be older they would have 20 years of experience right but your that, wife wouldn't be you dead missed. or something right yeah i mean yeah they wouldn't actually be dead or decrepit but they'd be they would still would have like they would have lived that apart time. from you right so i i i yeah i don't know i i i i'm think it's easier to keep time <laughs> constant maybe this is uh, i was thinking maybe this is uh something that is not currently possible but is rumored like maybe sure. there are people who are trying to figure out how to speed up or slow time and they can't. Uh, I was even thinking that might be something our main character could be involved with, with his exec. And we, it could show uh, firsthand how hard it is to program the exec um, because he's trying to be very specific about that and maybe not succeeding. Um, I don't know. It's just something that I think is interesting because I think people would be trying to do it. I agree with you that the, results of it are super complex in a way that is maybe not useful for our story. Um, but I don't know. Anyway, uh, I do think commitment is an interesting access. Although I do think the vast majority of novel experiences would be short ones. Um, mm -hmm. but then there would be this one access where things would get 
longer and would eventually get extremely long because that would be the excess of novelty there. I mean, it would almost just be like, how long can you take it? <laughs> right, know? right. Um, and like, that's sort of the, yeah, that's the challenge. I think there would be a ton of community-based concepts. Like, so that would be another whole genre of of concepts for these things where you're placed at a, with a group, either at random or by mm-hmm. some design, and then you face some kind of task together. Or the sort of inverse of this is you infiltrate a group, which is almost the same thing. It's just the solo player version. So there's like a group that already exists. And this would be super different based on how the group's structured, but I think people would intentionally build these groups to have meanings, to have semiotic meanings. So whether they are intentionally placing people of different life experiences together or placing people of different ages together or placing people of different uh, stated preferences together, I think that's like a whole genre of, of novel world i don't know are any huh. of your worlds like that yeah but, yeah I have, I have maybe a vehicle for something like that so what, i had imagined i guess i imagined you'd um get assigned a random group or maybe you'd show up with a group that's right? one of the things that happened um, yeah assigned at random yeah so i'm imagining like you are uh you and your friends or whoever uh are just you're just born Mm-hmm. And you're born into this litter of sort of alien creatures, um, <laughs> yeah. and they're not—they're not like a uniformly uh, like set of creatures, right? They all have different, um, very different physiologies, like and different senses, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like one, you know, kind of has like a single like eye that can see like infrared, and like one has like sonar, and like so like part of the game too is like you're sort of like grappling with like whatever like particular set of senses that you like and strengths and like like yeah maybe you're blind but you can hear really well right that you were born with that's like different than your uh, brothers and sisters okay um and like the plot is just like you know you were just born and then you're like mother just died <laughs> okay and you're like in some hostile alien environment and you just have to like survive but you're like in this body you've never used before which is sold in the in the fiction because you were just born, so like it makes sense that you wouldn't like the fact that the the players don't really know how to move their limbs very well makes sense be, given the the context of just being born. Uh huh. Um, but that also this like this particular species like has a kind of thing where like like one of them can see and one of them can hear and like one of them has some other sense. I see. So they have to learn to like work together. And so you have to like try to, yeah, ultimately it's like an exercise in like working together to survive, but it's like sort of taking advantage of like also this idea that you could embody really strange, different physiologies. Yeah. 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 I like that. I think that's like a whole genre is like work together to survive. And I like the specifics of being born into an alien litter. I mean, uh, I also like the specifics of each one having it, one useful skill or something and them having to somehow learn to communicate in order to use all the skills they have. I think that's cool. Um, Cause like, let's say you're the blind one. Like mm-hmm. you just like hear some strange sounds, <laughs> like you right. eventually figure out like, Oh, there's like something near me that maybe it's a friend or not. You know what I mean? Like it's just, it's a slow, I imagine right. the beginning would be very disorienting and that would be sort of the challenging art part of it. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah, I think there'd probably be a lot of people who would die quickly <laughs> in this uh, in this one, and I guess they'd have to play it again or something. But I like that. I think that's cool. So I think there could be any number of 
Elf Worlds with that kind of idea. Um, uh, do you want to do another one, or should I? Should I do another? Should we continue on like this, where I give you a sort of category and you try to ma- match one to it? Give me a category. All right. Let's so then another happens. just conceptual thing that I think a lot of this would be organized around because of the specific qualities of the constellation is violence and depravity. So, you know, there's just any Mm -hmm. number of interesting situations you can get in where the violence is the kind of key thing, um, beating, harming, maiming somebody, committing rape, any of those things happening to you, um, any of those things happening with a competitive aspect. So either, you know, um, a melee fight or some kind of a hunting sort of situation or some, you know, a game of assassin, um, any kind of like really horrible negative thing that we normally think of, you know, this is the horror genre basically of art worlds. Oh yeah. Right. So like, that's what I was basically thinking of was like, people love horror movies, horror tales. They love to, um, uh, they love to do fear manifestation. That's another way to look at this, right? It's like, um, you know, it's like the opposite of wish fulfillment, which of course would be another category we can get to in a minute. But like, um, you know, the violence, the depravity, also the fears like your friends secretly hate you, fears like you're being hunted by aliens, fears like your father dies. Fears, like any fears can be manifested and made... Um, uh, first person for you or for your team, either in a competitive environment or in a more uh, sandboxy environment. I mean, I don't know. This is just a huge, this is a huge uh, category, but I guess I was thinking of, you know, yeah, one is like a paranoid world where like sort of the, the secret of the world is that your friends all hate you, but like you, you enter this world not knowing that. And then the world is designed to sort of, slowly reveal that to you um yeah yeah i see i like this idea of uh of like kind of stealth horror because um you know where like ideally no spoilers right before you go into it um right you know because i I, again i was talking about that memory labyrinth idea like the idea is like you just think you're in a labyrinth and then very slowly dawns on you that like they're stealing pieces from your like uh pre uh, constellation life right and like incorporating that into the landscape right um, but that's but that's meant to be a surprise and i think you could do the same with horror right like most horror movies have that you know first third where it's just like a camping trip and some of the really good ones like kind of like lull you into like like there's a lot of like dialogue about stuff that has nothing to do with horror and like you know you're just feeling like you're settling in with these characters right before all of a sudden bam it's a horror right <laughs> so i can imagine Right, a certain amount that being a genre where it's like, I mean, I guess you, again you can't can only pull this trick so many times, but like you don't even know it's going to be a horror. Uh, maybe it's like a three four day or like even a week long commitment type thing, and like in the beginning it's like, you know, you're just, you know, living a normal life with your family or whatever it is you think is like the actual focus of the of the world and then like the horror thing like kicks in you know at some point right right there's that version and then i think there's also the marketed as horror version which is like yes. you know horror is coming but you don't know from where so it's like you know this is vampire world it's called vampire world so you know a vampire is coming for you eventually but it just looks like a regular world and there's no signs that say beware of vampires that way or anything so you get there and you're like well 
I'm on edge. I'm looking out for a vampire. I have my steak. I'm, you know, uh, wearing my garlic. And then at a random time, you know, at the time, you know, somebody befriends you. And at the time you least expect it, it turns out that person's the vampire or something, you know, like you, you can, uh, you can, I agree. It's cool to like sort of sneak up on people with it. And I think that would happen, but I also think there'd be like a whole genre of intentional horror that people go to a world where you're going to be hunted by aliens in order to be hunted by aliens because they want to feel that fear. And, you know, maybe if you actually get captured by the aliens, you just, the game is over and you get X, you know, maybe you don't even get probed. It's just, it's just the hunting that, you know, is the game or something. I don't know. I mean, I had, I had uh, one idea that's kind of adjacent to that. Okay. What's that? Um, which is like a more of like a, like a, like a, like, I think there'd be gross out worlds too. Right. Uh Yeah. This is, um, yeah, that's, that's in the same general bucket. Yeah. Like I imagined one where you're like, you know, like, like you literally like wake up inside like some like egg sack or something or like cocoon that like some insect has like wrapped you in and you have to like burst out of it. And it's like gooey and gross and like, or for some reason I just thought while you were talking of like, you open your mouth and just like a million bees come out. <laughs> well, yeah, I was imagining it's, that this world in particular would, would really play on like insect. Cause insects in, are insectile gross. Fears. Yeah. And especially inside um, your body. That's like, cause that would be something you could do without affecting your health. Right. So, well, maybe that's like a later stage of that story, right? Like yeah. you break out of the egg sack and you don't realize that like bugs have been like already planted inside you. And inside they, like, you and they're like eating out. your avatar from the inside out. Yeah, yeah. That, that goes in even more of a horror direction than, yeah. than even I was thinking. But that's, I think that would be interesting. Um, <laughs> it gives me the creepy crawlies like that. Um, I guess I had, this isn't really horror. So I don't know. I'll just launch into this and you okay. can tell me. Um, but uh, so I imagine there'd be a certain amount of stuff where you're like, in a you know like classic you know game or role-playing type setup where you're like you're like in a city you know and Mm -hmm. uh you know you get put on missions and stuff or you're a gangster in a noir environment or uh whatever it is like so i was picturing like a noir city Mm -hmm. um but i had this really weird concept you know like a lot of times like these genres are sort of defined by their like technology like cyberpunk or steampunk or you know whatever punk right Uh uh-huh I was imagining like the conceit in this one um, might be that like everything technological, maybe even everything in the world is just alive. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, like yeah. if you want to like break into a lock, which you might have to do for some mission, you like, have to talk to it <laughs> or like torture it or like, you know, like that's like the horror part of it. Right. Is it's like, because everything's kind of alive, just it's shove kind that of, key down kind its of throat a and, like... grossness to it. Um, <laughs> Or like, you know, hacking stuff is just basically like, yeah, maybe psychologically manipulating. Like, like even if you have like a gun, like your gun is only works because it's alive and it's like a dog and you have to like, you know, give it a treat now and then so it'll yeah, shoot yeah, straight. Yeah, it's a little bit Roger Rabbit world, but I, it's like even more extreme. I love it. But it like a little more gritty and like yeah. gross, like, cause like you're, you're, yeah, you're, you're your gun has like a little mouth that you feed pellets to and it's not it's not like cute <laughs> you know it's like or is it's uh, mouth like the it might be cute sometimes not, I don't know, maybe it's but... mouth is like the bottom where the clip goes in and then it's firing out of its you know uh its exit hole <laughs> it could be yeah yeah i mean like however you want to explain that uh <laughs> but like something. yeah all yeah. all technology i guess this is like i don't know it's like life punk like all technology is just like living things that have been animated 
Maybe that's like the only. Oh, I really like that idea. I th- I like the idea of life punk being like a pervasive, um, you know, uh, aesthetic, like more than just a world, but like life punk worlds are like a thing the way that, uh, you know, uh, jazz music or something is like, it's just a, I like the idea of everything being uh, a talking AI basically, or a, or an actor placed in or like a mashup of like living creatures, right? Like, or you know, mashup of again, living it's, creatures, just, yeah. it's just something that I think maybe it's pretty easy to do with the exec is to like, you know, like cross me a, a, you know, a gun with a, with a dog, with a with a butler you know, or something, <laughs> with a butler, you know, and it can kind of do that, right? Um, right. Yeah, I so, like that a lot. That's cool. Um. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, imagining it's kind of, yeah, this. I'm imagining a, sort of like game. This would be like a game like setting, yeah, where you just like do missions and stuff or quests or whatever, right? But it's like got this gritty vibe. Uh. Uh. Yeah. So I guess that's not horror. That's like its own thing. Um, yeah, that's not horror, but I do like that as just its own sort of like, con- uh, constellation native, um, sort of art movement. Yeah, and um, I think that's cool. And then we can just explain that by being, um, you know, that makes it's just it, for some reason that's like an easy thing to program that people figured out. Right. So like, yeah. so that's why that kind of became a genre and like isn't a genre, whereas it as it isn't really a genre now. Right. Right. Um, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I want to talk about movements in a, at the end, but um, I, I think that's a really good one because that uh, I only have a few that are like that that are like native to the constellation more i was thinking of you know what would happen to existing movements if they were brought in you know but um i think both would happen though but that's that's super cool i like that uh what about um oh here's an obvious large category i bet you have some ideas in this which is like just sex attraction and love right Mm -hmm. so obviously there would be a whole genre of matching uh matching worlds sex matching worlds right mm, so yeah where like the main thing it does is give you some kind of a quiz or scan your history or you give it access to some data or something and then it matches you up with somebody for any now number that, like, of things that's like more of a utility right that's not really an art experience like, well i feel like, like if it's like okay cupid or well or i feel like there would worlds. definitely be dating utilities but i'm thinking in addition to that there would be i think there would be worlds that are specifically for sex for having sex yes. in and definitely. that they would have this matching component so you wouldn't necessarily have to go there with a lover i mean you could uh you could sign up as a couple or something um but i think you could also go to a lot of places where you know you are going to receive a strange body and you are going to have sex with somebody else who has a strange body in those bodies. And for whatever, you know, it has its own criteria by which it matches you up with those people. Um, I also think there'd be any, a whole separate genre of these things where um, it's really an avatar creation or design or sort of um, uh, deriving um concept so like it doesn't match you up with a person but it matches you up with some physical appearance that in some way represents you or represents you within this world's rules and then you know you dump out into this world and uh 
uh, you find your own attraction in sex um, within that avatar. Um, I think that would, those would be just like large genres. I think there'd be lots of various versions of that. Um, you could have like a seduction mission game where you're like oh, yeah. given given a random uh, bizarre Definitely. body instead yep. of genitalia that you like only sort of that you don't even really it doesn't even explain to you how it works sure and like you know and then the the target right the politician you're trying to target or whatever right also has like a really random alien body instead of genitalia and your your goal is just to seduce them sure uh and like and like record it but like part of the game is like like how does how does this limb operate (laughs) right right and maybe the person playing the politician their goal is to not be seduced but they're you know their physiology has been tweaked to make them super sexually attracted to you or something. So there's like, you know, they have, they have their own set of problems or something. Uh, I like that idea. I also thought there would be a subgenre of worlds that are designed to either test or uh, generate closeness for lovers or couples on purpose. Right. So this is one you go with your significant other um, already selected you know let's Mm -hmm. go to um to lover world together okay and you know what what do you do there i mean the first idea i had which is not that creative was like it's a desert island basically where you know you both are instantiated and then the whole world is like um designed to like punish you for doing selfish things and reward you for tending to each other you know like just to sort of teach people how to be a couple (laughs) That's sort of like couple therapy island yeah, or couple whatever. Yeah, therapy island. That's exactly what I was thinking. You know, that's like a sort of obvious, like, first generation version. But I think that could get much weirder, too. Like, um, you know, I mean, obviously, you could simulate something like raising a kid. Um, you could do a nine-month, you know, uh, baby simulator or something. Um, but you could also do things that are more abstract, that are more just like designed to either test your relationship by like you know tempting you or uh uh providing really hard spur of the moment choices where they have to like protect the spouse or protect themselves or something or it could be designed to um yeah be like therapy and like bring people together uh uh, make them feel more close to each other um but i think that's like yeah yeah that's interesting i think like like goading people into interesting I mean, that's the thing is I, and and I had a harder time coming up with this stuff, I think, because I think it takes more energy to come up with. But like, I think that the stuff that would be very lauded uh, as art would be stuff that like really generates like novel emotions. Um, Yeah. You know, and I was trying to do that with like the sort of the, the, the memory labyrinth and obviously like the very commitment based things can do that uh, in interesting ways because they have so much time with you to like build up situations. Right. Uh, But yeah, like building up specific emotions with other people. Um. Or like you building know. up routines in your relationship, I think, you know, certain expectations and yeah. Anyway, I don't know. Just something else it could be. Yeah, I, I, that's, I, that's a genre. I don't have a lot of stuff that's like, ex- fits like exactly into that. Yeah. Well, we should think more about that. I do think something like Desert Island Therapy World or something is kind of interesting or like 
Well, I think that literal thing would exist. I get, or like, again, again, that verges on almost utility. It's almost like, you know, here's where you go if you're having, you know, problems yeah, 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 with yeah, your yeah, relationship. Yeah, that one it does feel a little bit more like a firm, but maybe there's uh, one that's a bit more abstract where it's more just like stressful environment. It's more of a stress test for your relationship. It's like, you know, uh, go on a shitty vacation together kind of <laughs> world but maybe things get super weird and yeah i don't know maybe the way that it's designed once it could be kind of designed like a like a hollywood movie like where it's all designed to tear you apart like every every part of the world like is challenging to get through um and and pits the people against each other but like the secret to the world is if they work together then it you know then it uh opens up and it lets them uh, let's them through. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, I think there's some some fun so, stuff you could do with with challenging couples or challenging lovers or something in these worlds. Uh, so I've got I do have one that involves like uh, like weird sex or whatever. Okay, uh, what's your weird sex one? Uh, but it's it involves creatures again because it just seems oh. like again like like why, <laughs> it's a John Perry I, idea so it involves weird creatures. Yeah, I mean I, that's something I, I find interesting, but it's also just like you know why why not right sure. in the constellation. Um, you know, I mean, and again, there I guess there's some stuff that like kind of goes without saying. Like I'm sure there's like you know uh you know victorian settings where you can like you know have like romances in court and stuff right oh, like yeah. obviously obviously oh, yeah. that all of that like sort of very standard down the line cliche genre stuff exists so like right. i guess i'm just like not but what's more novel than that uh and it could be you know it could be that it's chimeric animals or it could be that it's chimeric animals in victorian yeah costumes right i mean you can just keep endlessly I mean, combining these things i mean my idea was sort of like a, also tied to the idea of commitment because i imagine it was sort of like an evolution game okay. right where you are um you know some kind of like and maybe they're hu- pretty humanoid to be honest like i don't maybe to make distinguish this from some of the other ideas but like you're you're a creature that's born that has like a very fast uh like birth death mating cycle right let's say it's uh, you know, maybe four days real time mm-hmm. or something. And so like you start like small and then like you have to just survive till you get to mating age. And then you have to like find like, you know, an appropriately gendered, uh, you know, or maybe there's multiple sexes with this like species. I don't know. But like you have to find an appropriate like sexed, uh, like, like mate mm-hmm. to like mate with. Um, and like maybe like it's there's some like aspects of like do they have like genetic traits that you that you want right because there's sort of like an accelerated evolution happening in this world, um, so you like try to find like a suitable mate at the same time like you try to not get killed by like like the other things that are your same sex right that are like competing with you, mm-hmm. um, and like then you know after you mate you like sort of like die you have to like go through the whole dying process. Like your, your creature like starts to fall apart and like get old and like decrepit. And like part of the commitment is like, you have to stay for all that. Right. Okay. And then like the moment, the moment you die, you are reborn in one of your like offsprings bodies. Okay. If you manage, if you manage to mate, but only if you manage to mate successfully. Mm-hmm. And like the new body you have is like somewhat contingent upon like the mix of the old body you had and like whoever you managed to mate with. 
Right. So that's like a very strange uh, idea, but I could imagine you like people like just playing through that loop over and over again. Uh, right. Like that might even right. that might even be the kind of game like people like play as a lifestyle game. I don't know. Or it right. might be like something. It seems you like do it would once. have to either be a lifestyle game, or it would have to have this like sort of time speeding up strategy because. Well, I imagine it is faster. Like it's like maybe seven days from like birth to death or something. Or like right. So these these creatures are designed to like evolve super fast, um, or something. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know. We have to think about that a little bit because what would it take to actually build that? That's a very interesting idea. I'm gonna have to think about that more. Um, yeah, I imagine this would be quite a feat of engineering. It sounds like it would be complicated to to explain this to the exec. Yeah, so, so maybe this is something that someone's working on, or maybe it's something that doesn't quite work. Yeah, or something. this might be know. maybe more of like, or maybe it's something. Uh, it's like a really big budget enterprise, like kind right, of like right, game right. that a lot of people work on. And maybe maybe it's not really an art world. Maybe, maybe it's, it's like yeah, like the most famous art person is like building this with a big firm, but it's like you know at the it's at the place where art gets so big it becomes pop or something you know sort of like in that yeah yeah that's interesting i i think that's a cool idea we should think more about that uh let me bring up another category just a whole sure. sort of again genre of things would i think just be routine meaning you live the routine of various people cultures or times right so you live the routine of a modern day pro athlete you live the routine of an ancient king you live the routine of a mid 60s rock star right like you wake up in the morning and you are david bowie or you are muhammad ali and you you know you you have some control but you also have these external influences that are telling you what to do so you don't get too lost and you live a routine and these routines could be they could just repeat until you get bored or die or one out um I like the idea that that's almost like a cliche genre. It's just called like the, the yeah. day in a life genre. It's a day in life. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. It'd be one of the first things people did. And then it'd be one of the first things people got sick of. But I also think it would be something that would have a lot of innovation in it in terms of like what routines are available. Um, because I think people are really fascinated by the routines of others, especially by the routines of, of famous others. Um but or or just privileged others, and you could pretty much have any of those. Um, I mean, you could also obviously live the routine of a of a coal miner, like we talked about. You know, to to create a different kind of thing. But I don't know. I was just thinking in general, there'd be, you know, I, I almost feel like this would be something like you said, a cliche. Like uh, people would make fun of in the art scene. Like they'd be like, ugh, you know, he's one of those guys who just does nothing but routines. You know, like. <laughs> Yeah, totally. Like, like, what a boring way to find novelty or something, you know. But but I think there would actually be, like, thousands or hundreds of thousands of these different routines that you could do. Um, another one that is the reverse of horror uh, is wish fulfillment, right? So this is a huge category. And again, I think it's a bit of a cliche because the very first things that people would do would be flying worlds, you know, all kinds of... Uh, just straight up sex fantasy worlds, um, you know, storyless stuff, um, stuff like uh, sex fantasies while flying. Yeah, of course, combine those things, swimming without breathing, you know, being able to dive down to the bottom of the ocean, super strength. Um, you know, uh, some of these are superhero powers, but they wouldn't always be organized in a, in a with a cape. Sometimes they would. Um, I think 
every kind of like human wish of that kind that we all sort of share um, would have multiple worlds dedicated to its fulfillment. And I could think, I was thinking, mostly this is not that interesting because all of these would be kind of done quickly. And of course those, you know, the flying worlds and stuff are kind of lame uh, once you've, once you've done them uh, however many times. But I was thinking there could be a subgenre of worlds here where the specific rule is it's just one superpower per world per world and the same one is granted to everyone. So if you mm-hmm. go to this world, you are super strong, but so is everyone else. If you go to this world, you can fly, but so can everyone else. And I think that is interesting because each world might sort of quickly devolve into a kind of morality tale about how that particular power destabilizes like normal human interaction. Um, but I think that that's kind of fun and funny and like, it's just funny to go to super strong world because it's like, you know, the world's most douchey gym or something. It's just like this, like, well, it is kind of like a, like, yeah, I wonder about that. Cause like, obviously that's really fun in stories. Now this sort of like, what if scenario, right. right? Um, you know, what if everyone's super strong, you know, right. Well, and it's, it? it selects so strongly for the people who want to be in a world like that. So I think that that adds to, you know, well, and it's just so hard when you have like, if it's the kind of thing where it's like a massively multiplayer game, Mm-hmm. Um, it's just so hard to, and you give people a lot of freedom. Yeah. Um, you know, and maybe not, these could be single player experiences too, but no, like, but I'm imagining like, that these are multi, they're not yeah. necessarily goal driven, so they might not be games, but they are definitely multiplayer sandboxes at least. Um, you just need a lot of moderation because like inevitably it's not really like the what if scenario of what if everyone was blank? Cause yes, there's self-selection, but on top of that, everybody knows they're in like sort of a fake game environment. Right. So it's like, well, obviously if I'm super strong, I'm going to like pick up buildings and smash them. Exactly. Because, like, gonna... What else would I do if I was super strong? Exactly. Uh, but if everyone does that, then the whole world is a mess in five minutes. So, uh, how do you like moderate that? So that it's actually interesting for, you know, just to give an example. Right. No, I think that's exactly the kind of challenging question. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, I mean, maybe the more interesting ones are like deficits, like, you know, what if everyone can't do X, you know? Sure, sure. So, yeah, I mean, that's a kind of wish fulfillment, I guess, but it's like giving everyone the same various deficits or, yeah, that's a really interesting idea. I mean, Uh, I do... Oh, go ahead. That makes me think of like not art worlds, but just community worlds where, you know, just everyone's blind or everyone's deaf or something like that, like that people who you know, like people who were blind before the transition, many of which have gotten their eyesight back because of our regeneration rules, um, uh, might choose to go live in a blind world anyway, you know, because, uh, they grew up in, in a blind community and, um, why not be part of a, a large world where you're, you know, you're normal instead of disabled. (laughs) Um, that's that's really interesting and that might be something we want to discuss just not as a novelty world but just as a world that exists well and yeah and i think along the novel thing we, we already kind of touched on this a little bit but the idea of you could maybe create a new sense um 
Yeah. I, I think that'd be difficult. Maybe that's like the first time someone sort of figures that out. It's kind of a revelation, but it's sort that's, of like... That's on the edge of brain hacking, so we have to figure out how that works. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I mean, it'd be something like where you're like routing information to the mind file in like a different way or something. Or, yeah, um, you're taking advantage of some synesthetic property the brain already has to sort of... Yeah, I don't know exactly how that would work, but that's that's interesting. Uh, I want to riff on the, the superhero thing a little bit because I thought yeah. like, okay, so superheroes are a big genre. Right. Uh, pr- I, you know, I mean, they're a big genre today. I, I assume they're, you know... So I was reasonable- like going like one level higher and just calling it all wish fulfillment, but I think, yeah, obviously superhero would be a big subcategory there. Yeah, and I, but I'm, then there's going to be the reaction to superhero and uh, the way that like gets revisited. I just imagine, like one of the things I thought would be sure. funny would be... Um, because again, I think there's various uh, like worlds that are going to be sort of like punishing on purpose right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um so like the opposite of like uh you know being a superhero and having a ton of power might be like in a world full of superheroes like you're just like an ordinary person who is like a superhero's assistant <laughs> like a really <laughs> shitty superhero who's like a real like jerk right right and, like you just have to like like it's sort of along the mining thing like i just figured like and and the reason, like, I guess I'm picturing this, like, I'm trying to think of stuff where it's like there is a genre that then is like really popular and really mined and really exploited. And then like, what's like the subversive twist on it that like kind right. of comes or just next novel as a reaction? Twist, right? Like it doesn't even have to be subversive, just like people are looking for novelty. So yeah, how do you turn away from that? But I like the idea of, yeah, you're a grunt in a sort of superhero grind. This is maybe I'm doing more like your thing here where I have like more of like a super category than than a lot of specifics. But I was thinking about, um, you know, a lot of stuff is there's no there's no like copyright infringement, right? Well, there's no so copyright like, enforcement. I mean, within uh, worlds, I guess there. I might guess there could be. be infringement if someone decides that it is, but it's but not. But there's no yeah. enforcement, and like since copying is basically impossible beyond worlds, it's really it's not really even relevant. I mean, you know, anything you can, yeah, it doesn't, copyright doesn't really exist in the constellation in a meaningful way. But I, but I just imagine that there would be like an animated, uh, like fully animated, like Disney world. And I also think there'd be like the weird subversive version of like animated Disney world. Right. 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 Where like goofy is a tyrant or whatever, (laughs) like, like a dictator or something. Right. Like that is like, there'd be all the mashups like of of, like using all those characters. I mean, Disney's just like the most convenient thing to, for that came to mind because like whatever the constellation, uh, uh, version of the Disney corporation, right. It might exist there. And they would of course have their own like Disney world that is like, you know, like Disney world now, but you know, where all the things that are currently fake are real. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. But I guess I'm imagining somebody who has no rights to any of this stuff just makes a exactly. There'd be no world. way to stop anybody else from doing their own fan Disney worlds, which could be slash, Disney worlds, you know, it could uh, be uh, critical in some way. I mean, I guess we already re- mentioned uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit once today, but I That's am right. kind of imagining like a seedy Toontown, but that uses real Disney characters. Yeah, because which Ro- Roger Rabbit did do. They uh, they licensed the real characters, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, in some cases they had real characters, in some cases they made their own. They made their like, own to be the uh, main characters, I think, for probably, you know, probably money reasons, I would imagine, but... 
Um, yeah. But yeah, that makes sense. Like, and, and like Roger Rabbit, you could combine, you know, characters that are in different corporate stables because again, there's no, no enforcement here to worry about that. So if you can, if you can direct the exec to a picture of Donald Duck that existed, then it can create you Donald Duck. If you want a Bugs Bunny, it can create you that doesn't, he doesn't care. I mean, the tune genre, mm-hmm. I mean, that might be a whole genre, right? Like subgenre, Cause like that's sure. I mean, living life as a cartoon again implies certain physics and stuff that are different. Um, yeah. So even even outside the reference thing, like what is like that might be its own aesthetic that gets played with. I mean, I guess we have a little sure. bit of a challenge and, in a comic book on how to show that. Well, I guess really, any just... art style I think could be um, recreated in a world. So not just um, cartoons, but you know, impressionist painting or. Uh, uh, you know, um, CG graphics or, you know, you could live in a world that's just a wireframe grid, like an 80s CG computer and everybody just looks like a shaded sphere <laughs> or something, you know, I mean, whatever you're nostalgic for or whatever you want to sort of abstract out to for whatever reason uh, would be uh, attainable. Yeah, yeah. I guess I think like, you know, how iconog- iconographic uh, or cartoony something is, is a sort of fundamental category, right? Yeah, that's like a visual like spectrum for sure. Yeah, so so like I think, um, you know, that would definitely be like, there'll be a lot of stuff that would trend in that direction. And again, I think that that also implies certain physics and references and things right. and that would be fun. Well, and the other thing to talk about with reference is just there'd be all kinds of solo and sandbox worlds where... You know, they're just referencing any given media or um, uh, or thing. So, you know, a noir city or a, um, a Western town or whatever it is. Um, and you go into there and, you know, it could be more or less goal-oriented, but it would be... I mean... But you your know. noir city would, like, literally probably have Batman in it, because why not, Right. I mean, sure, sure. I mean, certainly there would be, yes, there would be. I mean, no, unless that's, you know, in, until that's that. frowned upon and reacted against negatively, which eventually it maybe would be. But like, I think that. Right. Um, Some of these art creators might be like, oh, you're, you know, your mind's been colonized by, you know, late stage capitalism. <laughs> you know, like, why do you But care I think about that Batman? comes much later because I, I, right. I, I do think like once you open the floodgates and you just say like to creators, like you can just take whatever you want. Like right. they're going to do that. And it's going to be, I think, very pastiche at times. Oh, yeah. I definitely think early, early constellation culture will be extremely pastiche, just like, you know, just like Internet culture is because that's easy. Um, it works well with the kit bashing. Uh, okay. So yeah, so I, actually, uh, John, I think th- following the references, I think that's kind of all that I have. Do you have any other worlds you want to pitch? Yeah, I have a few things on here. Let me see if okay, I can maybe, just throw maybe those out quickly. Let's do this. Ra- rattle them out quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is just a simple like roller coaster ride one, mm-hmm. um, where like you're getting like strapped into like a cannon, Okay. Uh, like a super powerful cannon, sure. Like against your will, mm-hmm. and then you're just fired, and you're fired like so powerfully that you like fly into space. This is like sort of like happening <laughs> in a fake Earth, sure. And you're just like then slowly f- like imagine like drifting back away from Earth. Like you know you've seen this imagery uh-huh. before, like looking at Earth as it's like vanishing into Major nothingness. Tom. Yeah. 
um, and then becomes all black. And then it's sort of, I imagine this is a bit of a 2001 thing. And then I think it gets all trippy. Uh-huh. Um, you know, like, cause it's like a black void for a moment and then colors start coming in all this stuff. And then I think that is just set dressing for, I think what was innovative about this world when it came out is that it would, it found ways to, again, mess with brain chemistry in interesting ways. So, uh, because we know there's like a little bit of levers you can do. It's probably hard to like convey this properly to the exec, but there is sort of an emulated brain in there. Um, you can't do like really simple things like, like you could just say like, you know, make this brain happy, but you might be able to like turn up a certain type of neurochemical or something if you, if you know the name of it and you understand a little bit of neuroscience, right? So like as you're drifting away, like the person experiencing this start is essentially having a kind of novel drug trip that's not even analogous to like any like pre-transition drug experience. Right, um, right, right. And yeah. so like like this very like trippy setting right. like is one thing, but also you're like slowly coming up on a high at the same time that you didn't know was coming. Again, right. this is like a thing. You could spoil this world if you told people ahead of time. Right. Um, and so like that's that's what I was imagining would be interesting about that one. Yeah, that's cool. And just generally I could think novel drug experiences is a good idea where like a drug experience that would have killed you in the old world could be set to not kill you here, right? So you could overdose basically on various things. Um, plus then there's even more changes you could make where you could be, you know, really, if you're a chemist and you have access to the uh, exec, you could be, you know, really at a fine level making drugs, um, and, and, and dosing them and trying them out and you probably create some interesting stuff. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, one of the ideas that I plagiarized from our past, too, deals with that, right? And it deals with a lot of things we've talked about, right? Which is we had this, like, sort of silly idea for, like, a, a superhero team, right? Uh-huh. That, like, like, everyone on the superhero team is, like, like permanently on a different illegal drug well, that like sort of, the like, dr- informs the drug, their powers. Yeah, their powers are, like, a metaphoric extension of the drug effect, right? So they're, like, each one has a power that is sort of... Yeah, like PC Somewhat powers is similar super strong. to being high all the time, but also re- reimagined as a power. And like Candy Crystal is like super fast, like lightning fast, and uh, you know, like Mary Jane can eat through walls and stuff. Right. Um, I, I, you know, that combines a few things, right? Because that's like a, it's a superhero thing, like riffing on it. It's like, me, like it's a team building thing, right? Because right. you maybe like are on the team with your friends, but you're all on different like drugs well that it's you similar sort of, to the sort of like uh, litter of alien babies you were talking about before because you have to same learn genre. how to use each other's powers to solve puzzles or whatever basically yeah same yeah. same same genre but it's like the powers is also kind of a handicap right, right. um right because you know like it's a power there, in one like, direction handicap in others yeah that's right because it's like using that drug analogy um totally different idea i was thinking that like you know in content wise these things would deal with the constellation and the simulators and all those like religious questions, like obliquely sometimes, like like, that's why I liked the trapped in a room and you can shrink thing. Cause that's sort of just like a metaphor for the constellation. Right. I think most stuff would be metaphorical, but I do think there'd be some stuff that'd be explicit. So I imagined one where like maybe the initial setting. And again, this is be the one you could spoil, right? Cause it's like a reveal, but like the initial setting is that like you're, you're on Mount Olympus and you get to like, like role play like a like a like Greek a, god like a Greek god yeah that's cool um because that's a fun setting mm-hmm. but then like maybe you slowly realize that like um 
you know, one of your, like, gods, like, you know, down the way, uh, like, uh, is, is, like, the simulator, right? Like, like, within, like, you start to realize that, oh, like, okay, so, like, if I'm playing, like, Aphrodite or whatever, okay, you know, I go Mm -hmm. over to, like, Hermes's cloud house, Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Oh, I'm 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 working on this uh this this thing like I'm I've like you know, I look or like look at look at what people you know down in in the regular world are doing right." And he shows, but he shows you like this globe, and it's like this basically it's this window into the constellation, right? What you slowly are finding out is that like you're actually playing a simulator, right? And so like the the whole story is like proposing like this is what's actually this is one explanation for so what's going like, on. So it's like I see. So it, it's 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 faked, but it's faked because it's trying to tell you that it's a metaphor for what's really happening. So what he's showing you is a is a simulation that is. What is he showing? Is he he's showing you a fake of the constellation, not the real constellation? Yeah, there's like a fake constellation inside yeah. this world. Yeah, I, I right? like that. But what I like better, I think, is a, a variation on that idea, which is what I was sort of thinking as you were speaking, which is like. Uh, Inside the world, there are actually two societies. There's a Greek god society and there's like a Greek society society. And you don't know when you start playing the world that the, that the other society is real. You think that they are AIs or something, but they are actually people who have been, you know, recruited into the game by different means. And you realize at some point that all of your god playing that you're doing is actually, you know, affecting people. And not just like uh, you're not just knocking over players on a on a board. Maybe I don't know exactly how you figure that out, but maybe you switch. Sure, that's like that's like the more metaphorical version. Um, I so I I, I think that's cool. I guess. So I if want... he were to show you the world, if you were to go to Hermes's house, he would just show you the people. You know, the people down on earth rather than like showing you the whole constellation in that. In yeah, that no, I, I, I get that. I, and I think that's cool too. Yeah. Uh, but again, that's, I, I guess I'm, and maybe I'm not, I'm failing here, but I'm trying to come up with something that is not that, that is not a metaphor that actually is the explicit version. That's like, here's the, the fictional tale where you find out what the simulators are. Like it could be something where you meet the simulators. I right? see. Right. It right. could, or I was imagining something, maybe it was, I made it extra complicated by saying like, you discover that you are one of the simulators that, that twist ending. Right. Right. Uh, right. So, right. If you had a little bit more realistic version of that, where it's like, kind of like the part of the matrix where they escape from the matrix and they meet the like Colonel Sanders guy in the TV room, you know, it's like a little bit like that. Like, uh, you the goal is like we're gonna break out we found the we found the way to break out of the constellation let's do it and then you go and you break out and you meet the the simulator and he tells you what's really going on and then it turns out that it was it's all fictional right and i guess like that's the thing is like um you know we're imagining a lot of fantasy escapist type stuff Right, but I think some stuff is going to engage very directly with this with the constellation, and one way to kind of merge those things to be both escapist and deal directly with it is yeah, is to have like a big plot, like we discovered who the simulators like are, a fake and escape, like, basically, yeah, yeah, and like and like they're they're out to get us, or we discovered that like they they wanted us to do this, like basically all of the things we talked about in the religious podcast, right, but dealt with through fiction. <laughs> Right. For the sake of art and not for the sake of, like, getting you to join a real belief system. <laughs> right. Just saying, like, you know, here's 
because people, I think, again, they're going to be obsessed with this question and it's going to be like a natural launching point for stories and scenarios. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's kind of what I'm getting at. Maybe I just don't have like the right uh, specific story for that yet. Yeah, no, Um, I can see see how that works. Mm -hmm. I mean, I also think there's going to be genres of stuff that's like not dealing with the simulators, but is dealing with constellation politics. Uh Uh-huh. Right? Like, um... You haven't gone over this too much, but like we talked a little bit about, you know, are there empires or are there, you know, obviously there are definitely large worlds and they must have some political sway and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, you know, there might just be, I mean, to the extent that there's like starting to be, you know, famous or successful people within the constellation itself that succeeded on the constellation's terms, Mm -hmm. you might want to do like a day in the life of those people, right? Or like, you know, role play a scenario involving like the big players in the constellation. I mean, that's like, that's sort of the equivalent of your just like modern realist genre that isn't sci-fi or fantasy or something. Right. Um, So, I mean, there'd probably be a fair amount of that. Right. Uh, You were talking about the climbing Mount Everest, naturalism. Right. And it just occurred to me, like, you know, again, early days, it's very simple to say natural rules or wild and crazy rules, right? Right. I think a more nuanced thing is, like, you know, naturalism, but tweaked so that it feels better, right? Like, if I'm going to climb Mount Everest, do Mm -hmm. I really, you know, the first instinct might be, like, let's make this as realistic as possible, right? Um, and that's probably also easier to do because you just tell the exec to just make things as they are. Uh, but then, you know, most people can't climb Mount Everest and climbing doesn't feel that great. And like clinging like really sharp, jagged rocks is maybe not that nice. And like when you pull yourself up, like, you know, maybe the exact sort of gravity constant that exists in natural life isn't really all that satisfying. So I guess like I'd call this like sort of game realism where you mm-hmm. like you you're going with realistic quote unquote realistic physics and rules, right? There's no flying, but you're tweaking everything to make it just feel better, you know, and not like adhering to reality. And I think that's like maybe like a more evolved, like later, more nuanced, like merging of things that, that would. Yeah. 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 And it's a spectrum between naturalism and surrealism where like things can get less and less realistic before they kind of reach a moment of uncanniness. But um, but I think the middle is harder yeah. to do. So I think it would come later. Yeah, I agree but with I that. Also th- yeah. But I also think that would be one of the most, that would be a big attractor. Like, I think that, like, a lot of things would pull, to, especially once someone figured out a couple tweaks to naturalist reality that still, like, preserved gravity, but made gravity, like, a little more satisfying somehow. Uh, like, I think that would get widely copied and used. Right, right, right. We've gone at this a long time. Should we wrap it up? Is there anything else you want to say? I think we've, yeah. I think we've set the table for, like, we, we've we found our way into this space now. Like, and I feel a little more comfortable here and to the point that I think we could start to write some stuff in, you know? And I think we could probably steal some things we said today and or we can use some of the frameworks you laid out to, like, build on and, and come up with even weirder stuff. Um yeah. So, so yeah, I think we've done our, done our job. Hopefully too, we've helped our audience like understand like, you know, some of just scratching the surface of some of the possibilities in the constellation. Uh, but man, it's, it's hard. It's Maybe hard to... I, I definitely love hearing from people who are listening to this because I, it is so uncertain to me where it makes sense and what, what needs more explanation. So I think that's something we'll, 
we'll be figuring out as we go. <laughs> yes, yes, of course. We'll sign off for now. So thank you for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. Yeah, I'll be with you soon. This has been Constellation Making the Graphic Novel. Our theme song is Pomona by Audios. To subscribe to this podcast, look us up on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher application. You can find us on Twitter or on the web at constellationpodcast.com. Thanks for listening.